Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Buck. I'm a motorsports writer for The Athletic. And each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Ryan Truex, who is driving a partial six-race schedule for Joe Gibbs Racing this season. And as of this recording, we are coming up on Dover, which is Ryan Truex's home track. I know people joke about uh, Martin Truex Jr., his brother, uh, having many home tracks, but uh, for Ryan and Martin, uh, who were born in New Jersey, Dover really is the true home track. So you may have seen Ryan doing somewhat of a, a little mini media blitz recently as, uh, you know, he's he's uh, trying to get his name out there, trying to get himself out there, um, you know, as, as his, his time is running out with Joe Gibbs Racing, um, these six races, he's got two left, again, as, as of this recording. And really is trying to make something happen to um, keep his opportunities going in the sport, which is which is tough to do these days if you don't have a, a, bun- a bunch of money. But uh, I really think you'll enjoy this 12 questions. This was a really great conversation. Absolutely had a blast doing this one. So let's go ahead and take a listen. All right, everybody. I'm here with Ryan Truex. We're doing a 12 questions. We're not sure if we've done this before, but <laughs> maybe. maybe yeah. so. It was a while. It's possibly a while or possibly not. Yes. Okay. Well, happy to have you on here. So the first question is, you must pick one chore or obligation to do every day for a year, but if you make it the whole year doing this, you never have to do it again for the rest of your life. So what chore would you like to knock out forever if you do it for a year? I'd say vacuuming. Vacuuming, okay. I have, so I have a lot of hair. My girlfriend <laughs> has a lot of hair. I have two giant fluffy dogs. One's white, one's black and brown that have a lot of hair. Okay. So. It, like I literally vacuum every single day. Every day. Like the the Roomba can't even. <laughs> it's just not even worth using because it, it it'll run for like ten minutes and then just lock up because there's so much. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and I don't have a very big house, so if I could ha- not have to do that all the time, oh like my gosh, let's see, I probably have some on my socks even though they were in the laundry because <laughs> it's just my life. I had to lint roll my whole body. There we go. There's still some. On oh there. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, everywhere I go in public, I have a lint roller with me because I'm inevitably going to be covered in dog hair. And they're <laughs> both opposite ends of the spectrum on color, so oh, doesn't matter if I'm wearing black, white, brown, red. It's visible. There's so. no outfit. There's no color you can get out of none. <laughs> none. So that's my life. It's just I'm just in the, the hair house. Wow, so that's amazing. That's I'd amazing. say that's an easy one for sure. Yeah, that's, well, that sounds like it. Uh, can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? I'm, I don't think I'm bad. Um, I definitely, I feel like when someone's driving and they look in their mirrors to move over or they're at a stop sign, I'm looking with them because I don't fully trust anyone driving me. Yeah. 
So if someone's looking in the mirror, I'll look and also see, make sure they're clear. And at a stop sign, I look both ways, probably four times more than they do. <laughs> um, I'm terrible at navigating because I get sidetracked. Oh. I like zone out in the car, especially when I'm driving. You know, when you go to work or wherever you're going and you're there and you're like, did I just drive here? <laughs> like yes, you zone yeah, out. Yeah, That's yeah, me right. in the passenger seat too. So and you were be, you were supposed to give directions yep. and you're like, oh, oh. My, I dri- it drives my girlfriend crazy because I'll be navigating and then I'll just not pay attention. and I'll look up and I'll be like, where are we? She's like, you didn't tell me. And we're like <laughs> 10 miles past our turn. Oh, no. Happens all the time. Oh, no. So I'm a terrible navigator. Um, I'm good at picking music. But when I drive myself, I actually just drive in silence. Wow. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, no radio. I'm a no. crazy person. Wow. Okay. Huh. Uh, what is an app on your phone that you love using and think more people should know about? That's a good one. I don't really have anything like mind blowing that people don't already have. Mm-hmm. But I think for, for me, the best app I have that I use is probably Reddit. Reddit. Okay. So I do when I have when I have something broken or I need to fix something or I say it's something in my truck breaks or something in my dishwasher breaks. If you Google how to fix it, all you get is targeted ad articles that don't really tell you anything so true but if you go on reddit and look it up you'll find a thousand people with the same problem and Hmm. you'll find that somebody's figured out the best way to do something and you always get the answer on there so that's that's one that i guess most people probably have it but i think that's probably my most useful one um, that's a brilliant i mean that is a brilliant suggestion because i've never really put that together because i go if i google something doesn't matter what it it could be like how to do something on my computer like and you'll find an article it'd be like here's how you do it and you get to the end it's like download this app yeah it's like i just read all this for nothing like i feel like that's all you get but reddit you get real people with real answers and i follow f1 a lot so f1 subreddit's pretty good for getting a lot of uh interviews from other languages that get translated and just good memes Stuff like that. Yeah, just, the just uh, Fernando stuff. Alonso Taylor Swift memes this week were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> People yeah. are so creative with those, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's see. Uh, what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day? Uh, that's, that's a great one. Um, crappy day. I mean, anything you can do to kind of change your, change your mindset or get your mind off things. Um, I think working out, going to the gym is a great one. Just kind of clear your head. Um, you know, obviously going home and seeing the girlfriend and dogs and just kind of pushing all the other stuff. Usually when I have a bad day, it's at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's where I get the most frustrated when there's a bad day. I feel like just in a in day-to-day life, it's a little easier than, than kind of in your professional career where you're giving it all and it feels like anything can be a huge setback. Um, I don't feel like anything crazy in general. Just you know, try to try to clear my head and, and change my mindset. And uh, I think you know, thinking that definitely a lot more fortunate than a lot of people. So I think just having that mindset in general helps a lot. The perspective part of it. Yeah, yeah perspective. I think is a huge thing. It's it's so easy to get caught up in your own world and yeah, like man, this sucks. And then you take a step back and kind of look at the full picture. And like this, this is nothing. Yeah. You, can, you can always push through and make it to the next make it to the next day. That's a great point. Yeah, for <clears throat> sure. Well, along those lines, these people might need some advice because um, so for this slot, 
I've asked readers to give me like a Dear Abby style advice thing, something going on in their life and they need somebody to answer it. So, and I've, I've changed the question for every driver. So this is sort of random one, but this person says, my boyfriend's 17 year old son has totaled two cars in six months. What should we do with them? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a tough one. Um, maybe, maybe take him to like a professional driving school to learn. The question is, how did he total them? I know. I wish we need, we more need more information. information. Yeah. Is he, is he like street racing or is he just, you know, not fully up to speed on how traffic rules work? Right. Like, was it his fault? Uh, we don't know. Exactly. Maybe he just got two situations where somebody else was really just doing something stupid. So it's yeah. hard to say, but, um, yeah, maybe some more driving lessons. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't ever hurt. Yeah, you can't. Like, I mean, it's not going to be. Thing is, you can't. I, I've had a few friends in my life that that waited, and they waited so long. Like, what I'm saying is, if he, he didn't have a vehicle and didn't drive, if you get in that, you kind of get in a rut of not having a vehicle and not driving. And I feel like people that do that end up being scared to get behind the wheel again. Yeah, like it's something that kind of just happens in the back of your head. So you gotta you gotta get back up on the horse. Yeah, you kind of need the experience of yeah. being in several situations, and yep. even like getting on the highway or like going on the on ramp or whatever. Yeah, the thing that that people in North Carolina can't figure out. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, everybody in North Carolina needs to go to driving school. Yeah. Oh yeah, for real. <laughs> I think maybe that's the problem. Maybe maybe they're in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, maybe. They, I don't think they teach people how to merge properly there. Yeah, not on I seventy seven. Um, okay, so the next one is like a pop culture societal debate one that I'm also mixing up for each person. So um, as someone who has had spa sponsorship for many years, when, if ever, is it okay to pee in a pool? Hmm. I think it depends on how big the pool is. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. For, for starters. If it's your own pool, then, then I see no problems with it. And... I think if you go to a resort or a hotel, probably 99% of the people there are going to do that, especially right. if it's one with like a swim up bar, that's game yep. over. Yep. Um, I personally don't, uh, just because I definitely have like OCD about things like that. Like, oh man, if I did something like that, something bad is going to happen to me. Yeah. Um, I think it just depends. If you're at a, if your friend's house and they're having a pool party and there's 20 people in there, maybe just jump out and go take care of business. Yeah. If you're in your own by yourself, definitely don't do it in a hot tub. Right. Cause that's just that's too small. That's too small. Recirculating water. Um, th- yeah, you don't want to do it there, but I don't know. I think it's, it's a uh, dealer's choice, I guess. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's a great point about the swim up bar. Um, I was thinking more like even the hotel stuff, like all the kids, and ki- yeah, surely yeah, RP. that's a hundred percent happening. So and those things are so chlorinated and so well taken care of and filtered that. Yeah, it's it's fine. But I also think, like you, like I feel like if I go, somebody's gonna feel know. Like, ex- or yeah, some- somebody's gonna be like somehow know that you did it. Right. And there was some movie. I think it was like a uh, Adam Sandler movie. Or oh yeah, something. where the water turned blue. Exactly. Yep. Yes, and like they knew that they did I, it. Or I something. feel like I would be in the pool where they actually made made that a real thing. Right. And that would happen to me. That's what I'd, I'd be like out in the middle by myself. <laughs> yes. Everybody would watch it, and then right, and I'd then be embarrassed for the shame, rest of my life. Shame. Yep. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So just get out. <laughs> just. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Just jump out. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so the next one's a wild card question and stacking pennies. You, you had a great interview on there this week and, and you were talking about, you know, so, sort of dealing with some of the bitterness um, about not getting all the opportunities and, and learning how, especially over the last couple of years, you said you've gotten better at sort of trying to manage that and having balance in your life and stuff. So I wanted to ask for like, let's say, because you're not the last driver that's going to experience that in NASCAR, right? So like for a young driver that might be going through that and dealing with that, like what advice would you give to somebody else who is trying to manage those kind of emotions. Yeah, I think the tough thing when you're a, a young a young guy coming up through, um, yeah, like I said on there, it's so easy to get caught up comparing yourself. And I think really in I think really in any profession, comparing yourself to others isn't really doing justice for yourself and it's not beneficial for you in any way. Um, sure there's a benchmark, like this guy's great, I want to be as good as him. Um, but when you're just comparing yourself for the sake of comparing yourself to another person that's a different person, had a different path, different life experience, everybody's got their own, you know, their own situation, their own way to wherever they are. Um, yeah, it's it was definitely a tough thing for me to, to fight through. And you know, me and Corey, I, I think he felt the same way. Um, and there's guys that probably felt that way about me when I started. And I was getting great opportunities very young. Um, yeah, I just think comparing yourself, you know, somebody with the same career path or somebody that's younger than you and has accomplished more, it's, it doesn't do you any good, that's for sure. And uh, it's really easy to, to just mentally psych yourself out by doing that. And I mm. think it's more of a, um, it's more of just wasted space in your brain. That, yeah. That, I mean, it's a lot easier for me to say to do this than to actually apply it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not anything that matters hmm. and just, you know, focusing on your own path, your own career, everybody's their own person. Everybody's got a unique experience. So just kind of accepting that and, and going with it, I think, uh, works wonders. Yeah. That's really good advice. I kind of need more of that sometimes myself, but it's hard. It's hard to do for it's, sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, in your career, what is the deal that came closest to working to happening that ended up not working out? Um, so 2012, uh, I was racing for JJR, um, and I had a sponsor that wanted to go full time the next year, and, and we actually got really far along with JRM and Dale Jr. to go run what was what ended up being Regan Smith's car. Okay. Um, like we had contracts ready to go sponsor signed off on it like it was pretty much done deal and this was probably september wow. september october of 2012 um and i was like all right this is happening like everybody around me is like hey this is pretty much done like we're gonna do this um and dale and kelly and everybody signed off on it and uh last minute the sponsor just completely pulled out so it went wow. from, you know, these millions of dollars in a full-time deal with 
Xfinity team where I, I hadn't even done that yet. I was still a part-time guy bouncing around. Wow. Um, that was a tough one. And that was, like I said, September, October. And, and I spent the next year pretty much scrambling, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Cause it's so late in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Regan ended up in that car and, and had a really good year. So Man. that was tough to, to be on the sidelines and see that. But I've learned that that's, you, you ne- nothing's ever guaranteed. Uh, even contracts I mean this, in this world aren't always a sure thing. So wow. that was definitely a hard life lesson for sure. Dude, no kidding. <laughs> did you ever, did they ever be like, sorry, or yeah, this is why we did this or did it just, yeah, I mean, they had reasoning, um, but it was just so late in the game for me yeah. as a driver that it doesn't really help you. It could, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just, it was too late for me to find anything. There was not wow. much open and, Man, um, that's brutal. Yeah. 2013 was kind of a scrambling situation for sure. Damn. Um, who is a person you would be starstruck by when meeting them? I feel like it'd have to be somebody that's like really low key, like Keanu Reeves or something. Oh yeah. That's like, doesn't want to be famous. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I just get along with them better than somebody (laughs) that's got like an entourage and is hard to talk to. So it'd have to be somebody like that. That's like down to earth. I'd be like, that was really cool. And I got to meet someone like that. Um, I felt like when I first met Travis Pastrana, I was a little starstruck back in 2011, but I grew up watching him. Like yeah. I grew up watching X games and him and like Brian Deegan, uh, battling and freestyle. I always thought Travis, I actually had his number on one of my dirt bikes when I was really young just cause I was a big fan of him. So meeting him was probably the most starstruck I've been. Um, and Dale Jr. I met him in 2004, mm-hmm. I think. I told him the story and he doesn't believe me. And he says, I'm, I'm making it up. I met him in Martin's Motorhome and Dale walked in, didn't say a word to me and just like shoulder checked me. <laughs> I was like 12 or yeah, I think I was 12. And he did that. I didn't say anything and just laughed and walked by like to go use the bathroom or something. And I was like, I just, that's how I just met Dale Jr. The most popular driver in NASCAR 2004, like top of the world. Right. I was like, wow, that was interesting. But I guess he just saw me as Martin's punk little brother and was just messing with me. I told Dale that story a couple months ago, and he's like, you're lying. That did not happen. <laughs> I was like, Dale, I clearly remember it because that was the first time I met you. Yeah. And that's how it went. That's the first impression you so, don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess that's a starstruck moment. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> Literally fun. struck by a star. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm not going to be able to top that one this year. Um what is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess? I feel like there's a lot of them. Um, for me, I think probably perseverance. Hmm. Um, it's really easy as a driver when you have a rough day to snowball and make it worse. You see a lot of guys, if they make a mistake on pit road, get a speeding penalty, then they go to the back, then they end up in a wreck or, you know, overdrive it, spin out. Um, I think perseverance is a huge part of, of having the right mindset to, you know, come back from a bad race and win a race yeah. and, and just perform on a down day. Like the, the good days, I feel like for great race car drivers, they make it look easy and I'm sure it feels, it feels like nothing can go wrong, but I think it's the bad days where you can make the most of them and then, you know, maximize your day your points everything i think that's what makes a champion race car driver um 
somebody like look at like Brad Keselowski, how many races he's won that he shouldn't have won where he's pulled through and done some crazy strategy or, or stayed out on super old tires or had no fuel and saved fuel when nobody thought he could. Um, I think that's things like that are definitely the mark of, of champion level drivers, just the ability to do that, the ability to always dig a little bit deeper, find a little bit more. Um, I feel like that's a unique ability. Um, obviously there's the obvious ones like raw speed, being able to someone like Kyle Larson that can get in anything and lap one, go to the top of the board. Yeah. Um, or like a Mark Martin, he was the same way. Um, obviously you got to have that and, uh, you know, all the other stuff's just, I think perfecting your racecraft and things like that. But for me, I think perseverance. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I mean, the, the point about Kozlowski, I mean, that's, I hadn't even really thought about it like that, but that's, that's really fascinating. Um, what life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult? Probably the thing I just said, honestly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah. kind of led right into that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, growing up around my dad, who was a, him and his brothers were self-made business successes in the, in the, um, you know, the, the clam clamming world. They started as deckhands and worked their way up to being captains, to owning their own company. Um, hard work and perseverance, yeah. I think, are two huge things. Um, accountability for me is a big one. You know, being able to own up to mistakes um, and take the blame when it's your fault or when you, you know, when you need to be the guy held accountable, you can you can do it and, and shoulder it and, you know, take whatever's coming your way and, and pull through it and come out of the other side as a, a better person. Was, was your dad, um, you know, sort of strict or drilled you guys on those kind of things growing up? I mean, yeah, he it's tough. It was tough for me because I'm 12 years younger than my closest sibling. So yeah. it was kind of a different household by the time I was old enough to really know what was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, you know, it was the same, same type of things that my, my sister and my brother went through. Um, just, yeah, be accountable and, and work hard and uh, obviously be a good person, you know, do people right and, and uh, things will work out. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. Um, the last one was Todd Gilland and he didn't know it was for who it was for specifically, but his question is, um, would you classify yourself as a calm driver or an aggressive driver? I think calm. Um, I've definitely had my moments where I've been too aggressive, like last week at Martinsville. Um, but last year at Martinsville, I was too calm and everyone else was aggressive mm -hmm. and I ended up getting spun out. So it's kind of a week by week thing. Depends on where I'm at, who I'm around. Um, I definitely, I definitely feel like I can get pretty, pretty hot under the helmet. Mm -hmm. Um, which actually Jason Ratcliffe's really good at calming me down. He's very, uh, very level headed and he's got that little Southern twang. <laughs> it's like kind of like having a, it's like having a, um, therapist on the radio with me keeping me calm nice. uh, but i'd say i'd be closer to the calm side um but aggressive when i have to be so yeah i guess kind of situation based okay um so i i wish i knew who the next one was going to be with bad planning on my part but uh you can either give a general question to ask another driver or um when i know who it is i can double back with you and if you want to you know make it specific for them it's up to you 
I'll do a general one. Okay. If your life depended on it, what song could you sing 100% correctly? Every word. Wow. That's tough. That's, yep. Wow. That's really good. <laughs> I have to think about this for myself, too. That's pretty good. I don't know what it would be for me. Yeah. I'm curious to see what the answer would be. Yeah. And they have to answer. They can't just say none. The closest, at least the one they can get closest with. Okay. The, the one they come but closest it, to. I mean, it's life or death. Right. So yeah, they got to get it right. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Well, man, this is great. Thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. I'm glad. I, I don't know if it was my first one, but if it was, I appreciate it. We'll look it, it up and I'll, uh, on the podcast, I'll inform people right after this moment, whether it was the first or not. But Perfect. Either way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everybody. There you have it. Ryan Truex on the 12 questions podcast. And guess what? I did look it up. That was the first time that we've ever done 12 questions. I don't know why I feel like we've done stuff before. Um, but you know, like I went back and looked, uh, for those of you who remember the jeffgluck.com days when I had the social spotlight every week and things like that, Ryan Truex was one of those guests. So we, we've done podcasts before, uh, just not a 12 questions for whatever reason. And sorry, it's been so overdue because he was fantastic. Really loved that interview and uh, had a great, great time talking to him. So hopefully we will do it again in the future. Anyway, appreciate you as always for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.